How's everyone doing today? Feeling a little tired? Anybody? But you guys are much more disciplined than I am. <laughs> I'm a little bit tired. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, there are weeks that are really easy and really fun, and there are weeks that sometimes can be a little bit challenging and a little bit um, difficult. And this hasn't been a terrible week. I'm not trying to start this on a down note, um, but but. This has been one of those weeks for me that, and maybe it's just that I lost an hour of sleep last night, um, but, but it's been one of those weeks that it just seems like there's been a lot of challenges going on. It seems like a lot of my time has been focused on things that I'd rather not have my time focused on. But I want to start this morning by telling you that God is doing some really incredible things um, in our world, in our community, in this church. Uh, right now, there is a group, um, so, so we prayed um, about a month ago for a church um, from Bhutan and Nepal that's meeting back. They meet every week back in room 513, and they have their worship time or their discipleship time together um, while we're worshiping and after we're worshiping. And, and so that's one thing that's awesome. But I want to tell you that this morning, there is a group of, of Korean-speaking people that are meeting in the youth room. They started at 11, and they're going till 12, and, and they're going to be meeting in our church for a while, too. And, and, and so I just want to tell you that God is doing some awesome things, like there's some really cool stuff happening. And so we want to remember them, and we want to pray for them. Um, actually, Pastor Bob, uh, our, our district superintendent, is back there speaking today um, to that Korean church. And so I'm just reminded this morning that we're part of, of something huge that God is doing all around us. Also this week, um, this was really one of my favorite things that we do is called Family Promise. And Family Promise is a, it's a Butler County program uh, where people that are homeless and, and th their lives just aren't where they want them to be join into this program. And basically every week they stay at, at different churches and, and they eat there and they spend the night there. And then in the day they go and get training to get you know, get the job that they need and get on their feet. And so this was our week to host. And, and it's just an awesome time because a lot of people put in a lot of work to make this happen. And for this last week, we've had four families, and, and this is near and dear to my heart because all of them had boys, lots of boys that were here, and just a, a lively group, four families that were staying in our church and, um, and so I just want to start by saying, if you were a part of Family Promise this week, would you just stand up? There were people that set up the rooms. We set up several of our rooms and made them into bedrooms for, for those people all week. We set up meals. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Made meals for them. Um, I mean, it's just a wonderful opportunity for us to connect and pour into people in our community um, that, are, that are learning um, to be like Jesus. And so I, thank you to all of you that served this week. That, I believe that the church is much bigger than what we do on Sunday morning. That God calls us to make a difference in our community. And that was done this week through Family Promise. So thank you all. Uh, the other thing I want to acknowledge is, is um, over the month of February, we had missions dinners. And a lot of people worked really hard to make those dinners happen. Those dinners were to raise money for mission trips, um, for people that are going to go on mission trips. And, and it was a great month of raising money. Thank you to all of you that came and ate. But if you served, there were lots of people that went out and bought food, made food, set up the gym, tore down the gym, did all of those things. If you served in February mission dinners, would you stand up? Now, there were a lot of you, so stop it. Come on, stand up. 
Thank you all. I, I really am thankful for the wonderful people who serve in this church. Um, and so I just, I just wanted us to take some time to acknowledge that God is doing some pretty cool things in our church. I also want to remind you, last week, The Art of Marriage, we just finished our series um, on matters of affection, and we talked about the fact that that was the beginning of a conversation, not the end of the series, but that we would continue on. And The Art of Marriage class started last Sunday night. It's going again tonight from 5 to 7. And if you missed it and you're interested in, in growing closer to God and, and growing in your marriage, come at 5 o'clock tonight and be a part of The Art of Marriage. We would love to have you be a part of that, and we can get you caught up. Um, and so that's going on. Also on Wednesday night this week, there's a men's purity group that's going to be starting with Steve Rizkala. And if, if you're a man and you're just interested in living um, a life of purity for God this Wednesday, come talk to us. Um, come talk to Steve. Steve, would you just wave your hand right here, right here in the front? Come talk to the staff. Call the office. We would love for you to be a part of that. Um, and so good things are happening. We're going to start a new series today called Follow Me. How many of you were here on Wednesday night for the Ash Wednesday service? We had a good crowd. How many of you have experienced Lent before? How many of you know what Lent is all about? It's the season leading up to Easter. And, and most of us have probably experienced several of these seasons in our lives. Most of us have probably participated in that. Most of us have probably done the whole giving something up for Lent thing. And, and that's the time leading up to Easter, where we really focus on growing to be more like Christ. And that's what this series is all about. Follow me. What we really want to accomplish in this series is we want to become disciples of Christ. Most of us here would say, I'm, I'm working towards that now, but, but what we're going to do is we're going to look at the teachings of Jesus. There's no better way for us to learn what it means to be a disciple of Jesus than to let Jesus teach us what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And, and so that's what we're going to do in this series. My goal for this series, our goal for this series, is not that we could just have six or seven nice Sunday mornings where everything goes smoothly. Our goal for this series is that each and every one of us will be passionately following Jesus with everything we have. And so this morning we're going to start... Um, and we're going to talk about what it means to serve God, to really be a disciple of Jesus. And I just want to lay this out here. I know this is probably a message that many of you have heard many times, but each and every one of us that are here today are called to be disciples of Jesus. In Scripture, we read about the disciples, and we read about Jesus, and, and they followed him around everywhere, and they learned from him, and they worked with him, and they saw the miracles, and they participated in the miracles, and they grew in their faith. And I think sometimes we, we say we're Christians— and we talk about discipleship in the church, but do we really see ourselves as disciples of Jesus? The same way that those, those 12 disciples followed Jesus around and learned and grew, do we have that same desire and that same passion to grow every day to be more like Jesus? And so I just want to start this series by saying this. Each and every one of you that are in here, each and every one of us, is called to be a disciple of Christ. Not just to show up to church, 
not just to claim I'm a Christian, not just to, to pray. We're going to talk about some different, different spiritual disciplines, prayer, fasting, giving, those sort of things. It's not just those things. It's about being fully committed to growing to become like Christ. And that's the calling that each and every one of us have on our lives today. So I, I want to start with a, with a general question, and that's this. Who do you serve? What are you living for? We're going to be looking at, at, um, at Matthew chapter 6. It's a part of the Sermon on the Mount. And so, so if you're following along in Scripture, um, we, we have Jesus come into his ministry. He's baptized by the Holy Spirit and the Father and, and Jesus and the Spirit are all together. And this is great moment of kind of coronation that Jesus has arrived and, and he's been baptized. And, and then the following time for, of that, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Jesus goes into the desert and is, is fasting and is tempted for for 40 days by the devil and Jesus in that time is committed fully to living for the kingdom for the father and then Jesus starts to teach and preach and so that brings us to where we are this morning we've got the 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 baptism of Jesus this great moment and then we've got this this trying temptation time and then we've got the beginning of Jesus preaching and teaching ministry and we come to the sermon on the mount it says that people had started to follow him and people had started to gather and so he went up on a mountain to preach and to teach his disciples and so we're going to be looking at chapter 6, and I just want to say that this is going to be a little bit of a different sermon. I don't have one small text that I'm really going to preach. I want us to look at the, the whole of chapter 6, and you're thinking, that's going to be three hours long. And that's not true. Two and a half tops. I'm, I don't have that in me. Um, but... but we're going to look at the whole of chapter 6, because I, I never really have noticed it until I really got into this, but there is a theme... And all of chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, I could preach a hundred different sermons on chapter 6 and the different parts. There's a lot of different pieces in it. But there is a theme throughout chapter 6, and that is this. Who do you serve? What are you living for? And so, so some of you here today, most of you here today would say, I serve God, obviously, I'm here. It's Sunday morning, we had an hour time change, I lost an hour of sleep, and I'm still here. I'm, I'm the faithful, right? I serve God, I'm in church, I've got the bumper sticker. On Facebook, my status or, or my, my religious beliefs says Christian, I serve God. But I want to look in Scripture because I think it's so much more than, than just a title or just a just, just a, a status, I believe we are called to be fully devoted and committed to living for Jesus. And so we're going to look in, in chapter 6, and at the beginning of chapter 6, we're going to see um, Jesus make a parallel or, or a, a, a comparison between people that are living, living to honor God, really fully committed to living for God, and then people who are living religious lives that are really about serving themselves. And so we're going to look at chapter 6. We're going to start here in chapter 1 and verse 1. And um, we're going to start in chapter 6 and chapter 1. Chapter 6, verse 1. And we'll just start with this. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. And then the key words here, to be seen by them. 
If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, so this little statement right here kind of wraps up the next three or four sections, and we're going to move through them, but the, the statement is, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. So we're all in church. We're the faithful of the faithful. We lost an hour of sleep, but we still got here, and we got the status, and we got the bumper sticker, and we call ourselves Christians, and everything's good But Jesus right here is talking about religious people, people that followed the rules, people that would take the hour time change and and still show up, people that did all of the things they needed to do to be called Christians. And Jesus warns to be careful not to practice our righteousness or our relationship to be seen by others. This is going to be a theme you're going to see. So we're going to move into verse 2. It says, when you give to the needy. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. And, and take note of this line because you're going to see it over and over again here. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So we're talking about religious people. We're talking about people who would say that they are right with God. They are following God. In fact, it talks about their giving. They're giving to the needy, but, but listen to what it says. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. Do not make a spectacle of it as the hypocrites do to be honored by others. Giving is a great thing. I want you to give. I want you to give your time to family promise. I want you to serve your community. I want you to give of your finances to help those in need. That's, God calls us to do that. But what we see is these religious people aren't giving to honor God. They're giving to be seen by others. And so, hey everyone, Check out what I'm doing. I spent a bunch of time here this week serving others. Am I amazing or what? I'll be honest with you. This is why I really, I really struggle with social media. And, and I'm not trying to be mean to anybody who's into social media. But this is why I struggle. Because it is hard enough for me to live every day and not make things about myself. And, and so... It's just something that I try to stay away from because I don't want this. I don't want my giving. I don't want my righteousness. I don't want my faith to be about what others see from me. Now, listen, there's nothing inherently wrong with social media. But, but if we are living our faith to be seen by others, and I see it way too much in our society, that we're all about the praise from others... Even when we give, it's more about others seeing us give and thinking we're good and not truly about honoring God with our lives and with what we give. And so Jesus says these hypocrites are making a spectacle of their giving. Giving is is about what? Come on, someone shout it out. What is giving all about? Being selfless, it's about honoring God, it's about helping others in need. And these religious hypocrites are are making it about themselves. You're going to see this is a theme through the first part of this. And and so uh, we start right here, and we see that you can do good religious 
Christian things, but if your goal is to be seen or to be honored by others, you're missing it. And so, once again, I want to draw your attention to that last line. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. You're going to see that again and again. In verse 5, he goes on to talk about prayer. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Are you seeing some, some trends here? Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. What is prayer all about? Communication with God. Yeah, if you're going to be a disciple, if you're going to be in a relationship with God, prayer is all about you connecting with God. But these religious Christian hypocrites were making their intimacy with God, their prayer, their, their, their connection with God, they were making it about being seen by others. I was thinking about this. I could bring Megan's in the nursery, so I can't do this, but, I, but if she was in here, I could bring her up here. And I could talk about how much I love her and how great she is and all these things. And, and I could really try to make myself look like a good husband in front of you. But she would see right through that. She would see right through it. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm a bad husband, probably. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying she can see right through it when it's not about really loving her. And, and that's how these hypocrites were. They're, they're praying, they're, they're saying, oh God, and they're, they're going on the street corners and they're, they're looking religious. And, and listen, I think this is a problem in, in our society today is that we're really good at trying to look religious, but are we really fully committed to honor God? And prayer, once again, is a great thing that we have to do. But prayer should be about our relationship with God not praise we get from others. He moves on into, into fasting. In verse 16, we're kind of jumping through this. He says, when you fast, now we're in the season of a Lent, and one of the things that we do in Lent uh, traditionally is that we give something up, we fast something to grow closer to God. And so, so this is a normal thing in this day. It says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting Truly I tell you, once again, listen to this, they have received their reward in full. What? Okay, fasting. <laughs> Maybe some of you are fasting right now for Lent. Every once in a while, I have the terrible idea to, to go on a diet. It's a good idea. It's just terrible for me. And I'm going to be honest with you, I am a, I'm a big baby about diets, and when I go on a diet, this is, this is me being totally guilty of this. When I go on a diet, I have the tendency to really talk a lot about my diet. Have you ever been around somebody, me, when I've been on a diet, and you're like, I wish he would just be quiet and quit whining about not being able to eat good food? Have any of you thought that about me? It's okay. Just shake your head. <laughs> yeah. I, and it's like I'm going on this diet to, to, to lose weight and to, to get in better shape, but it's like every day all I'm Oh, man, it's so hard to be on a diet. Oh, oh man, I, oh, I really miss good food. Oh, you guys are really enjoying that good food, aren't you? I wish I could eat it. That'd be good. I mean, that's what these religious hypocrites are doing. They're, they're fasting to grow closer to God, but they're making it about themselves. Fasting, the very point of it, is to deny ourselves, to focus on God, 
And they're taking that, that act of fasting and making it about themselves. Oh, look at me. I'm fasting for God. I'm really giving stuff up here. Why are they doing that? Because they want others to see how great they are. They're making it about themselves. And so these things that Jesus starts by talking about, are, they're, they're good things. They're things that we're called to do. They're things that help us grow closer to God if they're about growing closer to God and not being praised on our own. And so if, you, if, if I was to ask you those three examples of these religious hypocrites, who are they really serving? They're serving themselves. Even religious things can be about us if we make them about us. And so I'm talking to a bunch of church people, the faithful of the faithful, that showed up on the time change Sunday. And I want you to know that just showing up and just praying and just fasting and just giving, if it's not about honoring God, it can be self-serving. See, anybody can pray. Most people, did you know this? Most people claim to pray. Most people claim to pray. Anybody can pray. Anybody can fast. Anybody can give something up for Lent or anything else. Anybody can give. But what Jesus is all about is not the, the, the appearance of looking like you're following Jesus. What Jesus is all about is us being fully committed to living a life that looks like Jesus, that is like Jesus. What we're called to is not a superficial Christian faith. We are called to every day be serving God with everything we have, to be fully surrendered, to be fully worshiping, to be all about redemption for others, to be all about God's kingdom. And so we should give and we should pray and we should fast and we should do those things, but we should do them for God's glory, not our own. And now I want to draw your attention back to that line you kept seeing. Jesus replies each time that they have already received their reward. The truth is, if you're living for your own glory and, and for other, to be seen by others, if you're living, if you're living your faith, your righteousness, in order for other people to think something about you, he says, you've already received your reward. There's a saying I really love. It, I'm, I'm not going to say it exactly as, as it is, but I'm going to say my own version of it. One of my favorite sayings these days is, play silly games, win silly prizes. If you play silly games, you're going to win silly prizes. I think there's another word that's used there, but this is my version of it. And the truth is, those people, the religious hypocrites, are, are playing a silly game. They want to be acknowledged by others. And guess what? If that's what you're all about, you can achieve it. You can get other people to think you're great. You can get other people to, to praise you. You can win that prize. But I want you to know that that is a really, really shallow prize for you to be all about. I'll never forget when we moved to Nashville. We lived in Texas, and um, we moved to Nashville. And, and while we were living in Nashville, the, the Houston Oilers moved to Nashville and became the Tennessee Titans. What an exciting time. And I'll never forget the people who were huge fans of the Titans and everybody was all in and they were excited. And, and some of you, if you're a football fan, will remember this person, but there was a guy named Al Del Greco. 
All right, that's a pretty unforgettable name. But Al Del Greco was one of the best kickers in the history of football. He had been with the, the Houston Oilers for years and years, and they moved to Nashville, and the Titans were doing pretty well, but all of a sudden, Al Del Greco, the kicker, who had been faithful to this team for years and years, had been a great kicker, all of a sudden started having some problems. And in one season, I think he missed like five kicks. Doesn't seem like a big deal. It was a big deal to Tennessee Titan fans. And these people who had praised him over and over, these people who, who thought he was great, all of a sudden, you should hear the things they were saying about him. They wanted him beaten. They wanted him fired. They wanted him hurt. Like, people turned on him so fast. And the reason I tell this story is to tell you that if you're all about the praise of people, man, that's a shallow prize to win. Because people change their minds and their hearts fast. And praise and acknowledgement comes and goes. And it's just not worth living your life for what others think. Teens, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the fact that when I was in high school, when I was in junior high, I thought it was, I mean, I mean I'll be honest with you, when I went to school, when I did things, I was really concerned with what other people thought about me. I really wanted to be popular. I really wanted to fit in. I really wanted to be acknowledged by others. And most of the decisions I made revolved around what others thought of me. And guess how many of those people still talk to me today? Not many. <laughs> Play silly games, win silly prizes. If we're all about ourselves, if we're all about praise and acknowledgement, we can achieve it. But it's pretty worthless, to be honest. Jesus says it's about living for the kingdom. And so the first part of this, he was talking to religious people. He was talking to these, telling them not to be religious hypocrites, not to make their faith about themselves. And I think that's important for each and every one of us to hear today that, that our faith should be 100% about committing to God and living for his kingdom and not for ourselves. But then Jesus transitions and he starts talking about um, these, these earthly prizes, these silly prizes. In verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. And then verse 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus is saying is you could, you could put anything in here. You could put the praise of others that we just talked about. You could put money. Jesus really specifically after this talks about the love and the serving of money, but the things that we can serve other than the kingdom of God. Jesus says don't store up your treasures here on earth in those things because they can be destroyed. They can be stolen. They can be taken. He says store up treasures in the kingdom of heaven. What this, what this really means is that our treasure, we, we went from our, our worship, our, our actions, to our treasure, what we really value. And what Jesus is saying is what you should really value is the kingdom. Not the silly prizes we can win here. Not people liking you. Not money. Not cars. Not fame. Not positions. Not success. But the kingdom. Because the kingdom, if we value the kingdom, that can't be taken from us. The kingdom is eternal. All those other things are temporary. 
They come, they go. So Jesus says what you should really value is God's kingdom, the eternal. And, and the last part says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It, it's an old story, the, the high school football star who, who lived his whole life to, to be great in football, and he was great in high school, and, and you see it in movies, you see it in stories all the time, and, and, and then all of a sudden, high school ends, and where does that person stay? They stay in a place of, I used to be, I used to be, I, I used to have that glory, and, and it, it's depressing, it's, you see it in, in, in stories all the time, people that live for earthly prizes end up depressed because those earthly prizes will not last and will not give you fulfillment. But Jesus says if you will honor the kingdom of heaven, if you will honor God, that's eternal. You can live for something that will never go away, that will always bring you fulfillment. So don't store up your treasures here on earth, but store them up in heaven, in heaven, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, the best place for your heart to be is invested in something that's never going to go away, that you'll have ultimate fulfillment for eternity. So live for the kingdom. In verse 24, he says, make no mistake about it, no one, he doesn't say make no mistake, I added that, but he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so this whole chapter so far has been about who are you serving? Are you serving yourself? Are you serving money? Are you serving temporary things? Or are you serving God, serving the kingdom, serving the eternal? And, and Jesus says, you can't do both. Hear me again. You can't do both. You can't live your whole life to praise yourself, to get acknowledgement from others. You can't spend all your time and energy to accumulate wealth and jobs and status and cars. You can't do that and at the same time live for the eternal and for the kingdom. You cannot do it. You can only serve one Master, and so I ask you again, who are you serving? What are you serving? If, if we truly are going to be disciples of Christ, if, if we're entering into this Lenten season and we're saying, I want to be like Jesus, I want to be a disciple of Christ, our number one priority has to be the kingdom of God and becoming like Christ. Do you hear that? The number one priority in our hearts should be living for Christ. In verse 25, he wraps this up, and we're getting toward the end here. He wraps this up, and he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about life, your life. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink or your body or what you will wear. He's talking about these temporary things. He says, don't worry about all this silly prizes. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And so for this whole chapter, Jesus has been talking about the, the things that are, are false gods, the things that, that are temporary, the silly prizes that we can invest our whole life in and we can win, but, but ultimately we've got nothing. And he says, don't worry about that stuff, but seek first 
God's kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first God's kingdom. Seek what? First. Sorry, (laughs) you're right. Seek first God's kingdom. Do you know what that means? That means every thought, every action, everything I do should be first and foremost about the kingdom of God, about being like Christ. That means my number one worry today shouldn't be, what am I going to eat for lunch? Where, what are people going to think about that sermon I preached? Listen, this is hard. I sit over here every week and I think about what you guys are thinking about me. But who cares? Who cares? You know what I want to worry about? Am I being faithful to God? Am I fully living for God's kingdom? And no offense, but I just don't care what you think about me. I hope you like me, but, but more importantly to me, the first thing I'm after is honoring God with everything I have. A couple weeks ago, um, Megan and I were talking about something, and, and we, we've, we've talked a lot about safety in the church, and we've talked about it from, from the, the children's standpoint, um, kids' safety. We've talked about it from church safety. We've talked, most of us think about our retirement and our future and what we're going to do in the future, and we devote a lot of time and energy to taking care of those things, to being safe, to being protected. And Megan and I had a conversation, and, and I'm not trying to, to say that she's wrong or anything, but, but she said, you know, my worst fear is that something would happen to one of our kids because they're not safe. And I thought, my worst fear is that my sons will not know Jesus. That my sons will invest their lives in things that are temporary, and ultimately they'll miss the eternal prize. And sometimes our worst fear is that we'll retire and not have enough money to live. That shouldn't be our worst fear. Our worst fear should be that we don't know Jesus and live for Jesus with everything because that's eternal. Do you hear this? Who are you serving? Who are you living for? Where is your treasure? I want my treasure to be eternal, to be in God. This past week, Monday, Dad and I had the opportunity to fly down to Texas and go to a funeral. Reverend Robertson was the guy's name. And Reverend Robertson, this challenged me, I mean, to no end. And Reverend Robertson, when he was 18 years old, got his certificate of ordination to serve God in the church. And this week, on Tuesday, we had the funeral for a guy who was 97 years old and had served God faithfully for over 75 years. Not not become a great super preacher. He didn't grow the biggest church in the world. I don't know what people thought of him, but you know what I thought when I sat at his funeral? Praise the Lord for a guy that fully committed his life to honoring and serving God. And there is story after story that, that you could be told about him, about how he put God first and sought the kingdom first. And, and here's the good news. Today, he's receiving his eternal reward. And he could have lived for a lot of things. And those would have left him with silly prizes. But he lived for God. And for over 75 years, man, as a pastor... 
I would love to be successful, and I would love for this church to grow, and I would love for you guys to think I was the greatest thing ever. I would, that, that's all great. But I want to be faithful to God. I want my whole life to be about the kingdom. I want, I want people to know that God is first, not me. And, and so today... As we come to the end of chapter 6, as we come to the end of the first week of the Follow Me series, the question is simple. Who do you serve? And I think there's, there's probably some of you here that, that you would say, I serve God, but honestly, it's kind of been about me. I serve God, but honestly, I, I kind of serve myself, even in the good things that I do. And there may be some of us here that, that, that would say, man, I've really fallen into the habit of serving something temporary and something, my job, uh, my kids, I, I've really fallen into my status. And we're asked this morning at the beginning of Lent, the season leading up to Easter, the season that's all about becoming like Christ, we're asked the question, who do you serve? The band's going to come up and we're going to sing one last song. And I just want to invite you this morning to commit yourself. I, I know that you guys are all good people and that you want to live for God. And I know that you're Christians and I know that you're the faithful because you showed up with the time change and you lost an hour of sleep, but you're still here. And that's all great. But the biggest question is, who are you serving and the calling that you have placed on your life this morning is this, to live everything you have, to channel everything you have, to honor and serve God, not yourself, not temporary things. And so as the band plays, I want you to stand up and we're going to sing together, but I want to call you to commit yourself to God. At the beginning of this series, I want to call you to commit everything you have to live for the kingdom. And I want to tell you the good news of this. If you will live for God, if you will live for the kingdom, you may miss out on some silly prizes, but one day, today, you will receive the ultimate reward, and that's God's kingdom, and it will never go away. So stand with me. And as we sing this last song, I just want to invite you, if you want to come to an altar and you just want to say, God, I want to live for you 100%. I want to give everything to you. I'm going to go down to the altar and I'm going to pray this prayer because I want more than anything to live for the kingdom. And so if that's you today, I would invite you to come and pray or pray in your seat. Put your hands up, whatever you've got to do, but to commit that I will live my whole life for God's glory. Father, speak to us, work in our hearts, and help us to commit to you today.